Hi friends, I'm Makita and I just wanted to thank you for joining in on this episode of the Breakwater Podcast. Before we begin, I just wanted to put a trigger warning out as there are themes of abuse and neglect found in this podcast. Thank you again for listening. Welcome to the Breakwater Podcast. I am Mikita Real, an intern here at Breakwater with Winnebago County, Wisconsin. And today we have G joining us. G and I met um, in Oshkosh at UWO, and we've been friends since then. So we're really happy to have them on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, G. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, uh, my name is G, like Makita said. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I am 21 years old currently. 21. What an age that is in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, you know it. Yeah. Uh, so, G, um, just like as a fun little like icebreaker thing, what is something that makes you laugh the most? Oh. I, it makes me sound so old when I say this sometimes, but I really like watching old like Vine videos <laughs> and like, cause I know Vine's not a thing anymore, but like I'm now getting old Vines on like TikTok, which gives me so much nostalgia of watching it on Vine. So I feel like that is my main thing to do. If I really need a laugh, I'll just watch really old compilations of Vines that may have lost their sparkle in others but I will still watch them till the day I am no longer here I oh, love it I love that man Vine yeah you really dated yourself at the ripe old age of I, 21 <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that'll be fun that's great no I did see vines have been popping up on my for you page as well and it just like really brings me back to like 14 years old where that was peak peak entertainment <laughs> yeah peak the highest comedy has ever been of oh. course yeah I love that well thank you for sharing that that was a good trip down memory lane um, yeah. so you're here today to share um your story with us which we appreciate so I'll just kind of let you get into that yeah um telling my story always so awkward when someone asks you that but um I mean my main story starts when I moved to Wisconsin when I was around 11 Mm -hmm. um because I lived in Virginia for a long time before I moved here and I don't really remember much about my childhood um I think some of that is just repressed like not so nice times so now my brain doesn't want me to remember them Um, but when my family and I moved here um, we tried being a normal family for as long as we could Um, I didn't have the greatest time in school because like I was the new kid and these kids have been like friends with each other for years now and so I got off to a rough start at the beginning but 
eventually I found myself into a really good group of friends that uh, stood by me all of middle school. And then in eighth grade, I developed a crush on one of my girl best friends. And um, I was very confused at the time because I was raised um, re very religiously on my mm -hmm. parents' behalf. Um, they were Catholic and my mom is from Arkansas. So like that whole South stereotype of how all the South is very religious. Yeah. In my experience, that is very true. <laughs> so, yeah, the South is very religious, at least in my experience. So when I started having these feelings, I didn't really have anyone to guide me. And I was just really confused about it. And actually, at, the at that time, my older brother was out to me as trans. But um, it wasn't really talked a lot about in our family because, of course, that goes against my parents' like wishes for their oldest child. Um, and he was very closed off when he started feeling rejection from our family. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't go to him for my questions about my queer identity. So I relied on going to the internet. And at one point it just got really bad because this girl I had a crush on did not reciprocate my feelings. Um, and in a way took advantage of those feelings and she just, in the end, wasn't a very good person for me to be around. Right. And I brought home that, like, pain of rejection from her into my house. And uh, when I came out to my mom, um, actually, one of my biggest regrets in life is coming out to my mom when I did. Um, but I wouldn't have had the rest of my story if I didn't come out to her. But uh, when I came out to my mother she at first was really stunned and like couldn't she wanted to make sure she heard me correctly and so she had me repeat myself and then when I did I was like I came out to her she uh stood up very quietly and like left my room and wow. the, the weird thing about my house is our locks are on the outside of our door so at the time my mom locked me into my room and I was there for like three days. Wow. Uh, and I didn't have a bathroom connected to my room. So it was a really rough three days. Um, and then when my mom came down, she demanded that I give her my cell phone. And that cell phone was my lifeline. It was like ev any good teenager, like that's mm -hmm. not like any good teenager. Some teenagers yeah. are typically known to like, be attached to their phones and that's how I was keeping in touch with my other friends and you know I still think about this sometimes I don't understand why I didn't call for help from my neighbors at the time like I was mm -hmm. locked in my room but I think for me it was just I trust my mother that she was going to come back and we were going to be okay because in the Catholic faith you're supposed to like honor your parents so mm -hmm. I still follow that narrative of like I trust my mother I'm gonna she's gonna come back for me but um in the end when she did see me again she took my phone away and my older brothers and kind of took out her anger for me being LGBT on the internet and my older brother and so to this day I still very much 
kick myself over about how my older brother got treated worse when I came out. And um, yeah, it was just really rough after that. Um, my mom didn't talk to me for like two months. Like she would say little things to me to be like, can you move out of the way or something? Like if I was standing in the kitchen, but she did not talk to me at all. I was without my phone for like, I want to say five months. And that's very hard when you're a kid doing after school activities, <laughs> because what if your parents don't know when to pick you up? Right. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, but no about how old were you, if you don't mind me asking? during this time oh yeah so this this was eighth grade so I was 13 okay yeah yeah. I should have been more clear with that no 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 you're good I was I was just trying to place a little bit um in the timeline so like in the grand scheme of things this happened pretty recently yeah yeah um it's 2022 now um and this was 2013 when I was 13 Wow, it's almost been 10 years. Oh, oh my. <laughs> That's not important. But um, yeah, um, I started having to do this thing where after school, I would have to walk to the church my mom worked at. And I had to talk to um, the priest and um the thing with my mom working with the church she knew what I was saying in my confessions because he would tell her wow and that's not what you're supposed to do that's Mm -hmm. not what confession is and so and I couldn't even get mad at my mom for knowing because that would get me in more trouble and it just seemed like every little thing I did was pissing her off so during this time I internalized a lot And I was also without a best friend because my best friend was missing in action, I guess. She didn't want anything to do with me. I didn't want anything to do with her. And we were very much those best friends where we only had each other and that's all we needed. Mm -hmm. So that was a very lonely time. Um, I think on top of it, the thing that got me through it was the music I listened to and that still reigns true today even when I'm in a good mindset I still very heavily rely on music um and then I don't think I ever saw professional help for my depression that I developed during this uh until I was like maybe a sophomore in high school so around 15 and 16 Mm -hmm. and that's when bullying at school took over because I was outed over the loudspeaker at my school freshman year and it's not fun being outed um yeah I think any kid who's been outed before can all say yeah it's not fun um So it was just really hard dealing with problems from all fronts. But it like 
looking back, like, I don't really, I regret coming out to my mother the way I did. I wish I had a safety plan. Like, I wish I had a backup plan. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got to be authentically me in whatever capacity I needed. And that was really, really nice. Um, um, I mean, even now when I'm at my parents' house currently, I, um, I may not be able to be super out because my parents are still my parents and they're still pretty homophobic, but, um, I'm still going to be myself because I've learned down the road that being yourself is probably the best medicine you have. <laughs> but that's not without struggles. Like a lot of high school problems I took into college and that got in the way of college a little bit, but <laughs> and when I got out of my parents' house for college, that's when I really felt myself healing because I was finally able to go by the name I wanted to. I was able to meet new people and introduce them with the pronouns I wanted. And I was away from my hometown, even for just a minute. And so I just realized how messed up and like how mumble jumbled my story is going. I apologize. No, no. <laughs> Yeah. No, um, thank you for sharing that. And I know it's hard to talk about those painful things, but it wasn't mumbled or jumbled at all. So yeah. thank you for sharing. Um, so tell me and the, the listeners a little bit about the life you have built for yourself. Because from my understanding, you're on um, a college campus for most of the year and then during the summers um you're with your parents but how is life different for you now that you are surrounded by the people that you choose to be surrounded by yeah that's a really good question um uh my life right now is very much focusing on healing my inner child so uh, I put a lot of like distractions and ways I could cope around me. Mm -hmm. So I always have make sure to have my headphones with me if I need music. Um, I carry fidgets in my backpack. Um, and like, I really, really built, I built a really good support system for myself, full of friends that I consider family mm -hmm. and even though they may live in Stevens Point, we still make time to go see each other um, as much as we can. And we call each other almost every day. And that was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard because after the whole, my friend rejecting me, I always felt like when I would go reach out to other friends that I was annoying them mm -hmm. or something like that. But I think telling your friends the truth about what's going on and like letting them know, Hey, this is the kind of friend I am. And this is the kind of friendship I need has been really helpful in the long run because they all do the same to you and you'll find out what they need out of friendship. And yeah. 
we have a lot of give and take in my friendship and I mean no friendship is perfect like that I think that's a main thing you can never expect something to be super truly perfect but if you go into it with a good mindset I think it's just really rewarding so Mm -hmm. even though I may physically be with my parents who aren't super supportive I have my friends in cyberspace if I need them I have my little brother here with me who um is getting better every day with being more empathetic and I truly truly admire him for it um because he is the only straight kid (laughs) in our house yeah so it's it was so easy for him to like follow in my parents footsteps but I don't know what happened to him when he went to college but when he came back he was a completely different person he was more accepting he was asking my pronouns to make sure he got them right and it was just really really sweet so like even when you're focusing on making you yourself more authentic you're you can really be surprised by how others change around you and how they grow around you. I just really think that's beautiful how he's growing into a better person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to like ask him to do it because I was ready to like, just have my family there, but have like my chosen family that I mainly went to, but he's been super sweet. So, yeah. Wow. That is so encouraging to hear from an outsider perspective because I think a lot of the times you know we forget that everyone is the main character in their own stories but if we can take a step back from that and just treat people like people you know it's like it's so crazy how much of a difference we can make in someone's life just by having an overall general respect for how they want to live their life so it is just so awesome hearing that your little brother um you know took the time to really get to know the authentic you and is taking the time to do that so I'm I'm really happy for you guys that that yeah yeah super sweet yeah well that's that's awesome and then what are you um what are you studying now at school in like school yeah uh yeah I'm actually really glad you brought this up um I am going to school to be a high school teacher because when I was going through a lot at school my teachers were very big role models and big support for me because even though the student body was being very homophobic I had teachers out there who were actively asking me how am I doing how are you doing today and they were willing to listen and I just found that so awesome because they didn't have to be Mm -hmm. their main job is to just teach the curriculum and in the end like grade the papers but they were just 
very active in the students' lives. And I just, I saw myself wanting to do that for other students. I saw myself wanting to be an ally to my future students. So when I think about the future students I'm going to have, it just makes me that much more motivated when I'm, oh, shoot, I got to see on my biology exam like but then I know I'm not going to school to be a biology teacher I'm going to school for history so yeah wow that is that is awesome that is such an admirable goal and it's I don't just like so inspiring to see how you instead of taking the experiences you've had and making yourself a victim in them, you're taking these experiences and saying like, okay, yes, that was a hard time, but I saw still light in these really dark moments and I want to be that for someone else. Because who knows, maybe in, I don't know, 25 years, there's one of your students on a podcast and they're saying, hey, you know, um, and just the ripple effect you can have from being an ally that, no. you know, you don't always, you may not see right away or may not ever know. So yeah. that's great. Um, well, is there anything else you wanted to add or just like wanted to say in general um, to the population? Oh, yeah, I would love to. Um before we had this uh, uh, little interview podcast thing, you sent me a list of things that might have been brought up in the podcast and some things to think about. And one that really stuck with me was like, what is my motto? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'll ever be the cool like movie cliche person where it's like, <laughs> what's your motto? And they'll know instantly. Yeah. And they've always said that like their catchphrase. But I think right now, my main one is uh, the name of a song that I really like, and it's Life Goes On, because it's, you'll hear from people who may not know what you're going through, that, oh, some people have it worse than you, and, you know, things are always greener on your side than, like, mm-hmm. the grass is always greener on the other side, and while they may feel like they're helping, it doesn't always help to hear that. I know that's the main thing my parents would say to me when I was having really bad depressive episodes. But like, I feel like life goes on is a better way to say that because it's true, it does go on. And maybe today you didn't do so well on your test. Life goes on, it's going to get better in some capacity something Mm -hmm. new you're going to experience so life is just going to keep on going and I yeah I just find that immensely comfort comforting because um I have had a rough go at it but it's still going on I'm meeting new people every day Mm -hmm. I have a date tonight which I never (gasps) thought was going to (laughs) happen in a long time and it's just life is going to keep going and mm-hmm. it's, there's always going to be there to help catch you in some capacity whether it's someone you 
barely know or someone you're going to know in the future. It's always going to keep going. I, that is so true. I absolutely love that. That is a great motto to have. I love that it's a song. Yeah. Um, Cause you're absolutely right. Like life stops for no one. Um, but I mean, that's a good thing too, you know, cause yeah, you can only move forward, you know? Yeah. And it's only funnier that this song was written during the pandemic where everyone oh. thought the world was over. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was that ending. <laughs> it's that much funnier and that much more comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, G, for your time here. And thank you to all of you for listening. Um, just remember that it is Pride Month. So let's be celebrating um, those in the LBGTQA plus community. And just be kind to one another. Thank you so much. <laughs>